The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Colin Fly Line. Powerpole, total boat control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back, listeners, to another riveting episode of the Intermediate Line with your hosts, Voltsy and Chris. G'day, Chris. G'day, Voltz. How you going, mate? And the lucky listeners, how are you guys going as well? Yeah, yeah. Congrats, listeners. You get to listen to us. For again. free. For free, yeah. Hopefully the audio is good enough this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you haters, but yeah. yeah. You, you be careful when you complain about a free show, the audio, because that free aspect... It cuts both ways, you fucking whinges. No, no, we're working on it. We're doing our best. We want it. We want good audio too. So sometimes we can't help it. Yeah, it just happens. Just get yep. over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Great show tonight. I'm really excited to uh, for our guest, uh, which we can we could which you can touch on a little bit more as we get past the um, introduction. Um, but yeah, yeah. mate. Uh, Oh, I also want to mention that um, people people who are following along will notice that we've had a week off. And, we, have, um, we have. It's been enforced. Um, and I apologise for that, as well as being shit audio the last time. But, um, no, this, this time I've been travelling. Uh, I was uh, uh, overseas for work, an extended trip. But guess what? Now I'm back and I'm feeling a lot better. I was a bit crook there when I returned. Um, didn't have didn't have the nasty, spicy cough, but I, uh, I picked up a... Uh, uh, a, a whole lot of head gold. Yeah. Last thing you want us doing is ramming a square peg into a round hole for you guys. You know we've done it before, and it doesn't turn out to be a very fulfilling show. So let's just relax. You know the tides just weren't right that week for us, and we just fucking put it off till a better moon phase, which is now. That's it. Here we yeah. are to to be Here all angler speak about it. And I'm very excited about tonight's show. We'll go on about it in a sec, but. Um... Uh, what have you been up to, Chris? Have you been fishing? Mate, I've been fishing fuck all this year. Uh, you know, obviously, aside from that wonderful trip to New Zealand with Gian, which I was lucky to be on. But prior to that, I don't think I've been out since early February until last week. And um, that's really sad. 
it's really fucking sad, you know? I mean, everything could end at any moment, and I choose to fucking um, not go fishing. Uh, it's not that I don't choose to go fishing. It's just fucking life gets in the way. But anyway, yeah, I end up going fishing. I just want to get the fuck out there, man. Just something, uh, you know? I didn't I didn't care if I didn't catch anything or anything like that. So I lowered my expectations and went fishing for brim, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jeez, this is uh, it's not looking good so far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, did, look, you lower, mate, did you lower your flag in any other areas mate did you catch one <laughs> did you use a clouser uh i did not use a clouser mate i um i went out and i um man anytime i fish for rats with fins i use um jimmy k's flies and like, i mean i feel like i can tie a decent fly if i if i chose to but what's the point mate when when jimmy ties them so well and um and i'm staffed for time I just get, I mean, I end up being a great customer of the Australian Fly, fly Ties Co-op and I just scoop a couple of fur babies up and I, I pack them with me and they always work well. I love them. They're great. The um, fur baby from Jimmy Caves. I love it. He's the fur daddy. Does that make he's the fur daddy? <laughs> <laughs> mate, if you two were together in the same room, mate, a couple of fur daddies, you know, fuck. That'd I be look at, I look at Jimmy. I look at Jimmy and I know that prick gets nervous around Velcro. <laughs> I believe that's called vel vel velcrophobia. Yeah, <laughs> he's oh, a very mate, velcrophobic yeah. person, or as they, as they are known, uh, Voltsy the velcrophobic. Right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. mate. Yeah, I get nervous as hell. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd feel it, mate. It's got a long way to go before you sort of felt contact with that velcro. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just grabs you, you know. Yeah, it just grabs you. Anyway, so yeah, look, I um I packed the um the old Tom Tom uh, four weight uh, Lodic glass rod, and um you know like any time you pack the glass rod, you you know you can't really be gritting your teeth with anticipation. You just got to take things fucking slow, you know. It's um and that's how I wanted. That's what I was really expecting for the day. It was glam weather, not a cloud in the fucking sky. And I chose to frustrate the living shit out of myself with catching fucking fit, uh, brim in uh, in shallow water. And um, I didn't actually catch any brim. I caught a flathead and I yeah. caught a small giant trevally, which was ironically named. And to my surprise, I was just cruising along um, the flat. Actually, I was staked up. I've got that um, that micro power pole. And yeah. I cannot fucking, I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but may I tell you, if you don't fucking have a shallow water anchor of any sort, whether it's powered, electric, hydraulic, or just a fucking pin to put in the ground, you're fucking wasting your time. Honestly, if you, whoever doesn't have one and you try it one day, you'll be like, what the fuck was I doing with my life? It's a, it's a fucking game changer for fucking shallow water fishing. It's great. Anywho, um, I was fishing um, Caloundra, which I don't mind people people saying the place is that fucking flogged um, that there's no secret spots there. Anyway, and um, it's just down the road from me. Uh, yeah, brim sharp on the flats. They can be challenging. You can usually get one, you know, or two, and that's after casting at 100. Um, um, there wasn't that many on the day. But anyway, so I was just cruising along there, and I just happened to look ahead, and um, surprise, surprise, a, a pack of four goldies just came across the, the flat, just doing carp out of deep water, did a raid, went back in the deep water, and came back up again a little bit further and everything just lined up. I just happened to have, not have a fly in the water looking in that direction, have one of Jimmy's fur babies on. The probably biggest setback I had was I had a four weight and and, um, and six pound leader. And um, 
yeah, it, was, it wasn't a big goldie for sure. But, mate, it's been a long time since I've caught a fish and gone, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble, you know? <laughs> I had, um, that, like I said, that four-way four glass Lodic, which is a fucking nice rod. I really like casting that rod. It's so nice. Um, and a Super 5 Able. And I had to pull the, the, the spike up and chase that thing because it emptied half that spool of that able <laughs> i was i was yeah i was thinking shit man if i stood if i stood still it probably it probably would have come pretty close to spooling me eh? you know really? i'm not joking you mate like there's there was no turning it on that four weight i mean a four weight's a light rod for any yeah. trip alley i don't know how big that thing was i guess maybe to the tip of the tail i didn't measure it um mate 50 55 60 i don't know something like that it wasn't it wasn't a full pocket rocket and it wasn't a, a big goldie at all, you know, or even a decent one really, but um you know, um but it really it really put the put the power on. I think it might have been the cold the cold water. It's pretty cold the water at the moment, but um anyway, it was uh, it was yeah. Sorry. Pretty cold, was it? Well it's it's coming up to like you know, I was in long clothes, um wasn't cold enough for rug boots yet, but uh I actually didn't pay attention to the water temperature, but I would imagine yeah, after launching the boat and feeling it on my feet, that it was probably somewhere in the teens, you know? Yeah, right. Eh? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, probably 19, 18, 19. It doesn't get much colder than 18, really, I suppose. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, like it, with that with that six-pound tippet on and um, and that light rod, I just didn't couldn't really put the brakes on it too hard. Not that I could have with the rod, but um, so I just kind of had to let it do what it had to do, I suppose. And um, it was just... Like I said, that feeling, like that feeling of oh shit, I'm um, I'm I'm in trouble here was um was a cool feeling, yeah, to get that thing in. So it's just cool all up, you know, to see him in the local, having you know, like I've grown up in that area. and Goldies used to be pretty proficient in that area when I was in um, high school or even primary school, but I haven't seen him for such a long time. Yeah, uh, it's been a, like I got I got one in the system last year, but it was um it was only in about a meter and a half of water, but it wasn't sight fishing, you know. Um, yeah. But um, this one, this one was 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 no different to being on a flat anywhere where you see goldies. You know, it was it was cool. Um, it'd so be good. Was, be, be good, nice to think they'll be one day might become more prolific there. But you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's going to take. Obviously, uh, a bit less pressure. But I'm, I'm really curious to see how that how that new entrance there affects. Um, you know how that the passage fishes you know it certainly changes the spots around doesn't it? it it does there's i mean so what volty's talking about for people who don't know like we, we've got like a, a passage like so we've got an island that's got an entry from both ends and you're looking at i don't know how long would bribe island be you reckon 30 k's or something like that long maybe some of like that? that yeah yeah it's 25 30 k. i don't know i've never i know it takes a while to drive that's all in the boat yes so one yeah. end it's got like a really like it's the sands change a lot there but like it's um it's got a real narrow neck up to that island and and for look i've i've lived in calandra or near it or or you know coming to calandra primary and calandra high like most of my life or pretty much all my life i've never seen this bar it just broke through an island like a couple of k's south of where it has been forever uh yeah it's been there for a long time eh? like where the entrance well the new entrance has not been there long but prior to that like you said i mean shit you know like i don't, I don't know has it ever been anywhere else like you've so been, yeah no well years, the, so, the, the 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 calandra side like happy valley which is where the population lives like on the mainland 
for people who are listening, it used to be like the sand used to go out like pretty, like the mouth has been pretty close to where it is before. Let's put it that way. But it's never broken through the island like that, you know, that I know of, you know. Um, so it's it's changed the dynamic. This whole system is where it would be normally be like a, a real dark green water is now getting gin clear oceanic water in in there and it's just changing everything. It's pretty exciting, really. But still, um, you know, it's at a place of high population and a lot of industry around it is still not a very fruitful place to fish, that's for sure. But it was just good to get out in the water. So it was just a really cool surprise. But uh, one thing to take away from it was, um, you know, I've caught small fish on that glass rod and it's made brim feel pretty big for a while. But I tell you, man, like uh, that slower action and that the way that felt and, and present that fly was really soft. Uh, it was really easy to make that. Like I, I had, a, I'll admit, I had a bit of buck fever when I saw that thing. I was, it wasn't like, oh, there's a goldie, no big deal, you know. It was, oh shit, are they fucking goldies? What the fuck are they doing here? I'm gonna get a shot here, fuck. And like one opportunity, like they were, they were not milling in the one spot. Like they were cruising, you know, when you see them, that, and one tips out of the school, and they all just keep moving. It'll be, you know, you know that mood. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't exactly, uh, um, you know. Uh, I wasn't exactly any. It wasn't. It wasn't a hard shot, but it wasn't an easy shot. Combined with the surprise of seeing him there, you know, it was it was weird. Yeah. Yep. But um. But that I I wonder what would happen if I had a graphite rod. I'll be honest with you. Like the um, the 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 forgiveness of a glass rod in that scenario, I think helped me out. You know. Yeah. Interesting, yeah, well, mate. It's um. It's good. It was a great capture. Um, you know, certainly, um. You know, I won't say opportunistic. Well, it was opportunistic, but it sort of implies that it was lucky. It wasn't lucky. You, you were clearly up to the task, getting your gear ready. And, you know, um, had, you know, that's the advantage of fishing good gear all the time is if something out of spec sort of wanders along, you can put your best foot forward and um, and take it down, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really was lucky, mate. I think that's the best way to describe it. And I think the, the outstanding luck aspect of it is that, like, Let's say they come from behind me and I caught a glimpse of them and went, oh, fuck, you know, like I'm not in a position to make the shot. Yeah. I would wager that it'd probably go another 20 years before I saw fucking goalies on the flats there, you know? You just yeah. wouldn't – I don't think you'd see them again that day. I, I, I don't know. It's um, it, that, that new mouth opening up there has really made it – it's opened up possibilities and, and, um, uh, and yeah, who knows what it's going to do, really. But anyway. Yeah. I just Googled it, man. I'm – uh, uh, Bullcock Beach historic photos, and there's a photo there since 1962, and it looks like the the mouth is you know where it was been always, apart from you know what recent breakthrough. So, yeah, you're right. That that would probably you know 1962. That's probably you know around when you were born. Um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how, how long till it went through, eh? Like it. It's, it couldn't be a recent thing. It, it's clear that setup has been uh, existing for a while. You know that where it comes in close to the boardwalk and, and scoots along Bullcock there. And, you know, look some some good flats there over the years. Probably some great flatties uh, on that on that edge there over the years. Eh? Yeah. Look, it's um yeah I've seen it change a lot for sure over the over the years. It's a lot of sand, a lot of sand migration around that place. So eh? um, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But there used to be, there was it when I was in um, when I was in primary school, like, and I was learning to fish that place and stuff. Um, I was a yeah. jetty rat, so I'd only hear or get out in a tinny very rarely. But I'd hear about the blue hole over on the Bribey side and all the end of Cloundra there, 
and they used to be living coral inside that, you know, in that side of that blue hole. Uh, yeah. Like, really? uh, like, like brain coral. I remember seeing it. Like, it was like a rocky, rocky crop in there that had, you know, the sort of corals that you'd expect to see off Bray's Rock, you know, like off the front of Clander, you know? But, um, yeah. yeah, it's now, uh, um, it's covered in, in Ireland, that hole where the blue hole was, and trees and she oaks that look like they've been there since Adam was a boy, you know? It's, it's amazing how much that mouth moves around so much. Where the mouth is there, where the new bar is now, yeah. like there's been king tides and you know floodwaters and stuff that have seen water go over the island, but never break through like it has, you know. And and um and by breaking through, what it's done is it's put so many logs and hazards in the in the in the passage, which has created a great environment for fish, you know, as well. Like there's yeah. so much structure in there now; it's crazy. It's good. Well, like you said, if those uh, those she oaks, you know, they're they're the first thing to to take over in a sandy environment they reckon you know they're the, the barrier trees or whatever um you know like you said they've been around since adams was a boy and they're um <laughs> God, <you're> a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the 60s so you know those old growth <laughs> trees be hardwoods by now man yeah, hey, uh, well i guess so yeah perhaps you know <laughs> I, don't know, we'll, I guess we'll never know you know just ask me anything about history i'll tell you yeah man yeah we can mm. get a radio carbon dated or whatever but yeah, 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 yeah. Back hey, before electricity, uh, let me tell you what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who we got on tonight, mate? All right. So getting back to serious business. So we've got um, we got Luke Spear on tonight. So Luke Spear, oh, that's some pedigree yeah. right there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for yeah. those of you who um, who don't who don't know, I'm sure there's plenty of people playing along at home to realise that um, the name Spear is synonymous with um, some very uh, traditional, old-school Floridian saltwater fly fishing history. Mm-hmm. Bit of a mouthful there, but I'm here. I guess you're picking up what I'm putting down, right? Sure, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Harry Harry Spear is um, has has. Um, I mean, we've had him on the show before. Like, uh, you, if people want to go back through the catalog or search Harry Spear, Dave Bradley was nice enough to to interview him at his home in the United States and. Uh, and then play and give us the recording, uh, a two-part recording, but um, but still pretty pretty interesting, that's for sure. You know, Harry's uh, Harry's Harry's one of the mo- one of the most revered and successful guides from that's come out of the Keys, and um, and it's it's seemingly like as though his son Luke is is following right in his footsteps as uh, not only a fly fishing guide but a skiff builder as well. But uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think he's well. I think Harry was was operating out of the keys, but um, as we'll learn on the show, I'm pretty sure Luke's up in the panhandle, you know, as well. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, mate, very exciting. Are you excited? I am. I um, I get uh, pumped up for all of our guests. Uh, you know, I just wouldn't talk to people. I'd find we it had... hard to talk to people who wasn't interested in. But yeah, we um... had Josh Radloff on the show once. Remember though? Yeah, but we needed a filler. Happy birthday, Josh! By yeah, the way, happy birthday, happy birthday, Ellen. Joshua, yeah, yeah. Uh, 37. Um, yes, <laughs> but uh, he's a bit fair bit younger than you. But anyway, we'll um, yeah, we, we, we yeah. put up with him. Hey, um, yeah, Luke, Luke's just amazing, uh, you know, as a, as a guest, and you know, obviously, Harry, um, you know, is is uh, Floridian Flats royalty, um, and you know, Luke is 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 in on one hand fortunate, you know, that to, to have. Um, you know Harry's guardianship and, and you know uh, influences in in his life and his fishing life, but um, you know obviously he's uh, 
you know, he's making his own way and, and you, you can't fake, um, you know, what Luke is, is achieving, you know, um, as, you know, as, as he goes out on his own. So, yeah. Mm. Well, so I look forward to this one. Without further ado, what do you say we, um, we get Luke on? Let's do it, man. This is be good. This is be good. Is that what you just said? I said, yeah, I got tongue, tongue twisted there. I, th- I think it was the Jothua with <laughs> Yeah. 37-year-old Jothua. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. 37. All right. All right, folks, welcome back. And as mentioned in the intro, we're here with Luke Spear. How are you, Luke? Doing well. How's it going, boys? Good. I'm doing well. I can speak on behalf of uh, Volti and I can say he's ecstatic. I am. I'm awesome. real ecstatic. Happy to be here. Welcome, Luke. Awesome. Awesome to be on the show with you guys. Luke, uh, to the listeners, uh, I don't think we talked about where you are in the world right now. Whereabouts are you at, at the moment? Yeah. So I'm in the Panhandle of Florida, which would be um, northwest corner uh, yep. on the Gulf side. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Big. Uh, big distance. Um, bit different time frame, and we're making it work. Pretty clever of us all. Um, before we get going into the nuts and bolts of the show, do you want to just uh, you know explain um, a bit about yourself as far as yeah, um, what yeah, you yeah. do and all sort of stuff? So I'm uh, a fishing guide here in the in the Panhandle near Apalachicola. Uh, I grew up in the Keys um, as a youngster, um, fishing with uh, my father, uh, Harry Spear, and uh, yeah, childhood was easy breezy. Um, lot lots of fun, lots of uh, lots of time out on the water, experiencing. Uh, the keys and all that uh, it has to offer um yeah just real real easy easy upbringing but uh moved uh to the panhandle in 03 mm-hmm. and uh yeah started started guiding at a pretty young age around 18 19 and yeah it's yeah been, uh, been good mate uh yeah, you mentioned your dad Harry, who we've had on the on the podcast before, uh, indirectly courtesy of Dave Bradley, and um, uh, and we want to talk about that a little bit later on for sure. But um, getting back to your uh, upbringing, um, what are some of your earliest memories of um, of fishing? So some of my earliest memories of fishing would uh, be around six or seven. Um, tarpon fishing in the back country with dad and my older brother john um soaking bait on the bottom soaking bait on the bottom chumming tarpon catching the absolute dog shit out of them (laughs) just fucking them up um so there was a stretch of my younger teenage years on father's day uh that dad would always take us offshore on his skiff and we i don't know i can't remember how how far we would go out but we would catch 
dolphin, tuna, billfish on an 18 foot skiff. And I, I, those are some of my fondest memories of just being way out in the middle of nowhere, catching crazy shit on an 18 foot skiff. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. So mm. pretty cool. So Luke, you'd, that, uh, you'd pop out to the Gulf Stream, right? Is it, is it far mm. off before there? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I can't remember exactly how far it would go, but 15 miles, something like that. Um, uh, must have been 600 plus feet of water or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. That's uh, that could be uh, it could be a long way in a in an 18 foot skiff, right? Like it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I remember some some weather popping up uh, a few times, and it would. You just would have to go extremely slow and coming coming back in, and big big uh, cruise ships would come by, and damn near those those wakes that would come off those boats and scare the shit out of me. I can't remember how high they were, but it was they're they're intense. And we'd yeah. have to <laughs> the big wave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're big when you're when you when you're nearly fifty too, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. on an eighteen foot skiff. It's, yeah, uh, not awesome. Not a good place. No, well, you know, it's uh, it can easily be a place you don't want to be. That's for sure. That far mm. out into that in that mm. size boat. So, mate. Um, so yeah, okay. So you started started fishing pretty early on. You know, memories with your dad and stuff like that. What about your uh, introduction to fly fishing? Fly fishing. Um, so I didn't pick up a fly rod until uh honestly a late teenager i had no desire as uh as a youngster to pick it up and dad never ever tried to push it as far as wanting us to fly fish at a young age so i i was probably 15 16 before i even even picked one up and mm. then um from there i was i was hooked uh, started catching smaller fish around uh, north florida like uh redfish and redfish and speckled trout and then i didn't get introduced to tarpon fishing with a fly rod until about 16 17 and once i got my hands on that i was i was fucked yeah <laughs> yeah i could i could imagine like 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 most people, but what a plethora of species! So I'm I'm interested to know how that went when you, you know when you when you discovered that you you know you wanted to give fly fishing a go, mm. particularly seeing mm. you know at the time. I mean, was 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 your dad still guiding at the time? At then? Yes, yes. Yeah. So dad took a break from guiding uh, when we left the Keys, and he didn't he didn't pick it back up um, for I don't know. Uh, six years or so mm. and um yeah and then once we we were up here and established he he started tarpon fit guiding for tarpon up here and um yeah yeah he relatively successful and had a pretty good business but mm. he he just did it to to make a extra source of income but yeah yeah He's he's given given that up now. Yeah, um, he's relatively old and doesn't care to be on the back of the boat anymore. He wants to be on the front of the boat. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. So yeah. so I'd imagine like 
I, I could picture a scenario that, that I don't know if I'm right or not, but you know, if you if you manage this organic desire to pick up a fly rod whilst your dad was working with with uh, yeah. with with fly fishermen every day, was yeah. it a was it a, a point where you're like, look, dad, I bought him a fly rod, or was it I want to get a fly rod and uh, yeah. or, you know, so a situation one or the other of that. It was the scenario was I borrowed one of Dad's fly rods, and then I would break break a few <laughs> break a few every uh, every once in a while, and uh, yeah, it uh, no, it definitely was bar- borrowing Dad's for the long- longest time until yep. I actually started guiding and realized that I had to have my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what was that like sneaking back a um, a snap fly rod back into the house? Oh, he, he, dad would uh, dad would be pretty pretty pissed. Did you ever get around to making up stories about how it happened? Or uh, yo, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we yeah. talk about caught it? Caught it, caught it in the door jam. Um, it wasn't fell my fault. Off the boat. Yeah, yeah, not not my fault. There was a cheap made rod. It was, yeah, had defects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing he didn't buy it. No, no, he wouldn't. Yeah. When, when they're snapped right in the middle or right at the cork, yeah, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to explain that. Yeah. I'd imagine he would have seen that scenario a few times with uh, with clients mm-hmm. and such. That, um, yeah, oh, wouldn't, yeah. Wouldn't take too much of a, of a um, Sherlock Holmes to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Correct. But at 15, Correct. I'd imagine you would have got away with it. You'd be thinking you got away with it. Yeah, yeah, thinking, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd imagine, uh, I mean, I know if, if if my son started to show an interest in um, in fly fishing, aside from me pushing it on him, particularly if it was my job, I'd be pretty stoked about it and I'd be pretty fostering as towards that direction. Was that how your dad approached your interest in fly fishing? Yes, Yes. Yeah. Dad was a very, very big supporter of me. He, um, he always, always had, had my back and whatever, whatever I chose to do and whatever I put my mind to. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he was very, very big support of mine. Couldn't, mm. couldn't, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here, uh, or I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now if it wasn't for dad. Okay, yeah, uh, business wise or just um, yeah, in every aspect, every business, aspect, gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, all yeah. of it, all of it from from helping me to get getting my first skiff going, um, yeah, hmm. yeah, even even getting some of his old clientele oh, from wow. uh, years past, hmm. he definitely, um. He definitely got me started on uh, the straight and narrow. Mm. Yeah. Look, there's, there it must have been huge, and and I wonder, uh, like, I mean, the name Harry Spear is synonymous with mm. some mm. deep history in in mm. saltwater fly fishing. Um, mm. You know, like there, there's a lot of people that that talk fondly of, of your dad. You know, like I, I wonder, mm. did you were you aware of that the the level of um, affection your dad was getting and reputation, like when you were taking up fly fishing yes yes um very very much so um and it's it's almost it's almost intimidating being uh 
being being his son and being caught in his shadow and some people might be holding me to the same uh expectation of of dad's um past and what Mm. what he's been successful at um yeah that's definitely run through my mind Mm. but uh yes it is uh it was it's it's crazy you can you can be in a a strange area um from from home and people still walk up to him and know him and the dad has no idea that who they are uh, (laughs) yeah it's pretty pretty uh pretty cool it's funny it's funny you you talk about that because um you see you see a lot of uh you know i'm thinking about other other sports here like you know australia you know locally to be you know some of the the football codes for example Mm. you know quite quite often like um you know, have you, you, you know, obviously famous players have, you know, occasionally have sons and they grow up to do mm. similar and they, they get there, you know, obviously having a, a, a father who was good at, at sport mm. or good at that sport gives them a, a foot in the door in terms of like, uh, you know, leveling up their skills and their development, speeding yeah. up their development, but also like, you know, cause of that famous surname, it brings them to people's mm. attention a whole lot, yeah. you know, um, you know, but it can also be a curse sometimes too, you know? Oh well, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. if you don't uh, don't live up to any any level of your 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 um, parent. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it'd be uh, be be ashamed if you weren't h- half as good as them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> would you, Would you consider that tough? A tough aspect of um of of carrying the name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. But uh, luckily, I'm uh, relatively okay at what I do. Yeah, we've heard you no slouch, dude, for sure. You know, it's um, yeah. yeah, people people who speak of you speak very highly of your of your um guiding outfit and your ability. So you know, it's um, it's made its way to Australia. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. That's, yeah, that's good to hear. Good to hear. So you mentioned um, you mentioned earlier in regards to um uh um the 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 skiff building like uh, acquiring your first skiff um, was it was it built did you build it with your dad or i did i did um so yeah the first skiff that i that i guided out of um dad and i were both both hands-on um building it and uh yeah it's every skiff that i've had i've 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 been a part of in yeah. some way or another as far as laying it up rigging it um yeah it's uh definitely definitely interesting no know, knowing your the ins and outs of uh your your whole whole boat and knowing, is, uh, how it's put together is this the beginning of spear boat works your your first skiff or was it was it around um, beforehand n- no no spear boat works was um much much earlier on than uh, than my first gift so i think dad started production building production boats in about 2008 um and i wouldn't have had my first gift until um uh, 2012 2013 something like that as far as a guide's gift yeah have you had much um sort of uh say import into development or any sort of changes in the 
in the bites um, of the uh, very very little um very little uh dad dad's the the head brains um on uh on design uh he'll 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 take some of my input especially here in the the past couple years he uh i think he values my my input uh a little he doesn't always <laughs> listen to me but uh yeah. he, he'll 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 hear what i have to say and then do whatever he's gonna do or wants to do T tell us about the um the first plug um do you know much about that and who you know what what was the story behind it or the first boat that dad would have put in production shoot i i couldn't even i can i can remember what it looks like but i couldn't even tell you the name of it uh it was a relatively okay skiff but it wasn't anything spectacular mm. it, uh, it's not it's not in production anymore i can tell okay. you that so is uh are you is Harry oh, sorry Harry uh, Spearboat Works uh, like are they um they're making their own plugs and molds uh based based on on um you know obviously your input like you're saying there and, and but but Harry's um designs uh stuff as well is that is that what's going on that that's yes that's all done at, at Spearboat Works there's no um no no CNC machining or anything like that done out, outside the shop dad builds builds the plugs uh, on a flat table um finishes them out and then molds them mm. right right there so yeah every, awesome. everything's done in that shop well wow. yeah start start to finish that's, incredible. that's awesome that's awesome and, uh, and is it it's a i mean it's a relatively um small operation which is which is great i'm guessing you know there's, there's a couple of guys that are hands-on from start to finish and they're the same people all the way to, to fit out yeah yes yes so as far as a, a small business it is extremely small uh dad is very very hands-on still um he has his hands working on the boat from from start to finish he he only has uh a, a couple employees mm. so it's it's a very 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 small Wow. Uh, compared to other uh, other boat companies that uh, might have uh, who who knows how many employees twenty to fifty hundred. That, that that must really keep the personal touch and the quality control. Yes, yeah. yes, very yeah. much so. Very mm. much. So. There's. Uh, oh, I was I was just going to interject here and just like <laughs> point out. Um, to people listening because well, i know we've got you know we've got majority australian listeners who listen to this show but they've got a lot of people in the stateside as well and if you mm. are living under a rock and you haven't heard of harry spear or even spear boatworks head to spear boatwork uh, com, and um mm. you know it's a, it's a great looking website there's plenty of um actually there's i'm looking at it now there's a section that says our story which i probably should have read before shooting off these questions but uh but i didn't and that's how professional i am but if you want to get more about it um, and you're listening, uh, you know, that's the website to go check it out. How many, um, how many boats does, um, gets pumped out of Spear Boatworks a year, Luke? Um, so that, that, range, that ranges. Um, uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, no, no as worries. far as guessing, 
Yep. Um, uh, the 15 to 20 range, maybe. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Give, give or take. Yep. Give or take. Um, so not, uh, not very many in, uh, in, in, in the skiff world compared to some of the bigger manufacturers that are really, really pumping out numbers. Yeah. But it'd be relative bigger sheds, more employees, all that sort of stuff. Um, yes. But yes. I would imagine, I would imagine you'd, in many of those larger operations, you don't get the designer hands-on um, no. every, every day. You know? No, not, not, not every day, I wouldn't think. No, no, for sure. The, um, that, that skiff design's been, been around for a long time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's popular in Australia. Australia Australian to boat design is, is pretty different traditionally. Uh, as interests change and, and communication globally you know, exceeds through the internet and stuff. You know, the, that that skiff design is um is becoming more popular around the world. But uh, why do you think it's it's um, what's the word I'm looking for um endured um that 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 I mean I know the design's been tweaked a lot, but that basic design has endured mm. for a very long time. Um, uh, that's a that's a great question. Uh, it like you said, it's just a. a relatively good design and it uh yeah it's just kept on evolving from some of the the earliest skiffs like uh let's say like a dolphin super skiff or something like that mm. it's just steady been tweaked and um yeah it uh but yeah i don't i don't yeah i don't i don't know the right the right answer for that yeah no that that's fine it would be hard because you know at the same time uh you probably know no different, you know, like it, you mm. probably haven't, um, um, had to put up with fishing in a, in a tinny like we have in Australia <laughs> mm. and, um, and yeah. then, you know, and then, and then have your eyes open up like dinner plates when you get in a proper skiff and you go, Oh shit, yeah. I see what the yeah. deal is now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you said, I, your eyes are open. It, uh, definitely adds the, uh, it brings you to the to the next level. What what you can do out on the water when you're in the in the right boat. Oh, it really yeah. does. Totally agree. So, yeah. So Luke, I've got a, a technical question here. As as the um, as skiff design changed much, as as uh, there's been sort of weight savings realised, like um, mm. you know, lithium batteries are saving heaps of weight. Um, yeah. You know, boats are getting lighter for their power. Um, mm. Yeah. You, with, without a doubt, the yeah the 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 materials that uh that the the skiff um builders are using nowadays the the power that that they put on them and how much output they have um yeah it it is it is it's it's steady evolving steady mm -hmm. evolving and uh i think it uh i think it'll keep keep uh keep evolving to make skiffs lighter faster easier to maneuver yeah everything quieter yep uh i, I we had um we had a uh, friend of the show dustin huff on a while ago mm -hmm. and i asked him this question which i'm about to ask you um and it was interesting hearing his reaction or hearing the cogs team when i asked him this question actually but uh um electric motors versus versus polling um Oh, as far as far as uh, okay, electric motors uh, on on the bow. 
Yeah, Bam Bam. Yep. No, okay, yeah, okay. Um, uh, they're necessary in certain certain um, applications. There's yep. there's certain areas that I fish that if you didn't have electric trolling motor, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to fish the you wouldn't be able to fish there and yeah. and and be able to successfully uh catch the targeted species let's yeah tarpon or, or redfish it's mm-hmm. just it's too too deep to pull yeah and you can't drift you can't run the the outboard up to them without spooking them yeah it's it they're they're necessary in certain applications mm. um especially especially um our area in, yep. uh, in the panhandle yeah um uh yeah, yeah. Uh, a, to, to answer the question, I, I have one. Yes, I, yeah. I, I use one. That's a pretty pretty um, practical answer, mate. And um, uh, yeah, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, you can't you can't push a pole where it's too deep to push a pole. And like you said, uh, approaching approaching an area under um, under a petty motor is um, is not gonna is not gonna do you any favors. Um, I see what you're saying there. It's a it's a relatively new. Um, in, in induction, um, I guess you could say oh, it's hard to hard to put into words. It just seems as though that it's been um, frowned upon for for a, traditionally. I guess you could say, um, yeah, 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 without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, yeah, definitely the old, older older guides would, uh, yeah, they 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 give me shit all the all the time about about using them, yeah, um, but now even dad uses one so it's mm. yeah that uh somebody that used to used to hate them has uh evolved into using them and yeah. really like yeah even they've become uh, more you know i say user friendly they've become much more refined you know they become quieter and um you know have you mm. have you had a chance to look at the new power pole ones the move no i i have not uh, uh other than on looking looking at them on social media or something like that i've i've not put my hands on one to see yep. what uh, how it's built and yeah mm. uh, i i have not i have not neither, neither are we yet it looks pretty interesting that's for sure mm. yeah it uh from from just glancing at it on, on social media i think uh yeah it's a it's a hell hell of a machine mm. a tool Hey, while we've been touching on your on your guiding outfit there, I'd like to um I'd like to head that direction. Ed, do you want to tell us a little bit about your your business and what what you offer? So my my main clientele that comes to see me, they they want to go tarpon fishing. They uh, fly fishing for tarpon. That's my 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 summer summer months is when I stay the busiest. Um. Uh, in were in the last couple of years i've gotten gotten my gotten to a point where i can book a, every day of uh of of the season out and mm. uh yeah so i've well yeah i've i've finally finally made it i guess you could say <laughs> and, uh, incredible uh, yeah you're at the point where school was a waste of time right now, yeah? It, it, so school was a waste of time for me. I was <laughs> never good at school. I never, yeah, 
I never, never was good at school and I never had the patience to want to be good at school. So yeah, when fresh out of high school, actually I didn't even graduate high school, uh, straight into straight, straight to work. Nice. Work, yeah. Well, Working I can tell you, Luke, uh, you're right, man. You go. Well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, yeah. School was never, never my, uh, never my strong suit and dad dad instilled into us kids at a very young age to uh if you want something you gotta you gotta work hard for it and definitely gave us a good good work ethic and yeah i took that and ran with it yeah nice i I think it wouldn't matter if how educated you were without that work ethic Mm -hmm. you know and that motivation to to um to, to take something that you want you know mm. you're, gonna, you're gonna be less stuck in the mud whichever way you go really at the end of the day mm. yes yes well, so touching a bit, bit, bit more on um on on the tarpon and and targeting tarpon all year round that's see that's something that we uh we don't hear a lot of in australia I'm, I'm, dave will mm. probably be rolling his eyes now he's probably mentioned it to me and um mm. and other people and stuff like that but i guess the majority of people would expect tarpon season which we all sort of um you know have heard of uh yeah. can you can you it's really interesting because you talk about you're in the panel can you talk about a bit more specifically where you operate from or not so where where i got out of is near the Apalachicola area which would yep. be the nearest city would be let's say like tallahassee or something like that so it'd be gotcha. 50 miles south of tallahassee um on the coast Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, my, my, my season, I guess you could say would run about, mm, let's say four months, May, June, July, August. Yep. Uh, and, and then I, then I take a break because pretty much been fishing relatively every day. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty burnout ready to take a break. And then, uh, yeah, the end of August, all I do is goof off and uh, take that <laughs> all the way to September, or excuse me, September, and most of October, and yeah, I get back to work usually in December. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, nice. It's uh, I'm just looking. Listeners of the podcast will know how unprofessional we are when we go on Google Maps during the middle of the podcast, and you can tell the interview <laughs> technique. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> starts to back back off a little bit, and I'm currently on uh, Google Maps looking at your area now. It looks mm-hmm. like, um, man, it looks like a lifetime within a, within a few miles of the coast of, of of water to fish. It looks amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's a very very unique fishery. It's very very special. What what happens here in this part of the world? Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely world-class it's uh in the few places that i have fish tarpon uh just just in the states it's it's as good as it gets yeah and, awesome right can, can i ask just a, a few sort of basic questions um mm. to set the scene like you know we're, we're obviously like a lot of a lot of aussies may who think they're familiar with tarpon fishing you know that they, they mm. might have seen some videos on the keys or something you know there's a very popular yeah. in social media and previously in other videos dvds mm-hmm. um but 
where you're at is is you know they're they're uh, it's not the keys. Um, you know, yeah. it's up in the panhandle as you mentioned, and the, and the fish are mm -hmm. behaving different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In in some ways, yes. Um, yeah. So the kind of the the main style of of fishing here in the the panhandle would be you you would anchor up on a flat or a beach or something like that on some kind of sandbar and it's a, a most of the time it's a lot of waiting um you're 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 waiting on the fish on certain tides to to move in certain areas and uh pretty much ambushing them which yep. it, it, you do a lot of in the keys um but in the keys there's uh, a lot more water that you'd, uh, you're able to fish in a lot of different ways that you can uh, can can target the tarpon down there pull pulling down edges of flats big basins yeah um, yeah but, which you you can do that here in the panhandle but there's just i would say uh less of that mostly mostly waiting uh to target target the fish is it a springtime uh timing is it similar to what's happening in the keys or uh, uh no usually the keys their 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 season starts a little bit earlier than ours um okay. the the warmer climate the the tarpon come in a little bit a little bit earlier um which in the keys there i don't think there's a a month in in the in the year that you can't catch tarpon down there um if if the weather's right yeah um even even in the the coldest months the they tend to stick around um yeah they're not not too far away right mm. and, and what yeah. about techniques and flies are they are they mm. different is the water clarity different or? as a rule yes uh, the water clarity down there is, uh, especially on the, like the ocean side is, is, is cleaner, uh, than our water, but that doesn't mean that our water doesn't get extremely clean. Um, the, a little bit different, different color. It has a greenish, greenish tint, yeah. uh, as a rule, um, which their ocean water sometimes can be bluish, um. Uh -huh. But uh, no, no, it, uh, it, it, I, I would say you could, um, compared to their ocean side fishing and our ocean side fishing, you can get a, away with a lot more up here as far as uh, bigger flies, maybe uh, thicker uh, leader diameters, thing, things of that, uh, that nature. Mm. Yeah, right. really interesting. And uh, why, why is that? Is it because of the color of the water or less less pressure? Uh, um, I would uh, a mixture, a yep. mixture, a uh, mixture of both. Mm -hmm. um, uh, up here, the 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 pace of life is a little bit slower, so less people, um, mm -hmm. less boat traffic. Um, uh, not as many people running around in, on jet skis and big center consoles and yeah. Mm. As we were talking about earlier, cunts and punts. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was just about to bring that up when you mentioned jet skis, but uh, I thought mm. I'd let you finish saying what you're saying. But I'm glad you brought that up, mate, because uh, mm. we have a real deep seated hatred of those fucking pricks. Really. Oh my god, it, uh, it's it's indescribable. Some people just never know, especially for for guides and guides down in South Florida. They they have a true hatred for jet skis. <laughs> uh, you just can't can't put into words and yeah i definitely i definitely share that hatred for oh, Jetsky. there's something about him mate it's just it's, uh, you just it's an instant fuckwit who just um yeah, yeah. give someone a jet ski they could yeah. be they could be the nicest person on land but as yeah. soon as you put them on that jet ski and they yeah. smell that two-stroke man they're just fucking yeah. it's like they're possessed yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really oh goodness yeah 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 well it's it's interesting stuff mate that's for sure so um getting back getting back to um to the fishing though um it looks you know it, i mean I, i'm only standing on the outside looking in and just got a, a rough idea of um of you know the, the fishing in the u.s i guess you could say but it looks like um you know you'd have a, a big range of species in that part of the coastline right yeah 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 without a doubt um so yeah, tarpon occupy uh, pretty much all my time during the summer. But during during the winter winter months, uh, December, January, February, uh, there's there's such great fishing around here as far as our smaller inshore fish like like the redfish and uh, trout and flounder. It. Uh, it it's it's awesome it's um yeah it's it's actually some some of my favorite fishing as far as uh for that that time of year it's just it's it's yeah yeah it's hard it, hard to describe it, how how good it, it can be it looks like oh sorry luke you go in yeah oh no go go ahead no, no. okay you you yeah okay sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i was just about to say um you know, looking on the Google Maps, it looks like, you know, like this, um, uh, I'm going to pronounce this pretty badly, uh, Ecofina River State Park. Mm. Like those those yeah. areas look like a pretty expan big expanse of wetlands. And, um, you know, and again, excuse my ignorance, but it looks like sort of classic redfish territory, right? Like, uh, Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the, actually the area that, uh, that, that, that I fish out of a lot during the winter. Um, awesome. is yeah, that yeah. that stretch of coastline um i'm not positive as far as the 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 acres of it but we in in our area there's some something like four hundred thousand acres of uh of national forest and refuge that is just uh, you can't develop on it so it's yeah it definitely is a very very unique unique spot and that 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 coastline down there is is it, it is special yeah and is it the sort of place you get gators yes yes a, a pile of them yeah. <laughs> very very uh, abundant down there what are they like with interacting with with uh humans um the not not a problem uh mm. they uh they tend to, to shy away as soon as you get anywhere relatively close to them. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Third, 30 meters away. And they, 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 they fuck they off. They disappear. 
Yeah. And yeah. Luke, I was fishing down at um, uh, Everglades, and mm. I, I, I got we saw a we saw a uh, a big floating lizard that the the guide called a crocodile, and I didn't want to appear yeah. dumb. Is there crocodiles mm. and gators in some parts? Have you got crocodiles up there? No. No, we do not have. Uh, from from my knowledge, there's there are no crocodiles up here. I think that the South Florida is is where the where our saltwater crocs tend to uh, tend to to stay. They don't. I don't think they uh, in in our winter time it, it would get too cold up here for them. They would uh, they would struggle. So what? yeah, I, I don't know where that the the, the point of where they stop coming north but uh yeah it's definitely down in that that everglades area is where are they, are they savage are they savage like the australian saltwater croc or are they, mm, are they not from my understanding no i don't think i've i've never heard of any um interactions with with people that it's gone sour um but uh i'm i'm sure if somebody was to to mess up and stumble on one and in the dark yeah, they'd, yeah they'd, they'd be in trouble uh, Volsi I've heard that they're a lot, a lot closer to their behaviour of a freshwater crocodile over here from what I've heard okay oh. radio so uh, well I wouldn't say pussies like, like Luke said if you if you were to stick your arm in their mouth at night I'm sure they'd um they'd have a taste you know yeah, yeah. take a chunk yeah yeah just a little sample not much you know? <laughs> just an appetizer yeah, like yeah. like Chubbs in Happy Gilmore, you know, like just the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it happening. Um, tell us about uh, Snook. Do you get much Snook around where you are? No. Okay, no. then don't don't um, worry about that then. That's fine. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, now that you brought that up, that there there's a our fall and springtime uh, here in the last. I don't know, five or six years. I've been traveling, traveling just uh, I don't know four hours south to like that Homosassa, Tampa area. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the snook population is is doing relatively well. Um, farther and farther north, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, okay. They the it seems like they're almost adapting to uh to the colder water and it seems like they're steady moving farther and farther north that doesn't look like that that far away from you like on the map it's it it's really not and there's been a few instances where people have caught snook up Mm -hmm. in our area but as far as like a healthy population it's not uh it's not gotten to that yet but Mm. i think there there is a chance that uh as the years go on that the the snook are going to move farther and farther north do they do they cruise the beaches like um well not in our area but uh in in uh in like the tampa area yeah yeah definitely Luke, you'd be one of the rare people in this world who have fished for both um, barramundi and snook, right? And um, mm. and it's a it's a common comparison for people to make, um, similar to sort of, you know, people try to make between Australian bass and smallmouth bass, mm. you know. Um, 
Can you can you give us a comparison between the two? Uh, so from 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 what I saw in Australia, there there is a comparison. Um, uh, they're both very explosive as far as uh, their their strike, I guess, especially on like a like a top water or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would have to say that Barra are are faster than Snook in yep. in their reactions. Um, they their their um, speed is just it's yeah. I I don't I don't think you could compare them as far as how fast they can they can bite something and then let it go. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, we just said how fast they implosively feed, you mean, like, in and out, it's super fast, yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it can but happen right in front of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly, but as yeah. far as comparing them, how they react, as far as jumping and and pound for pound power, pull power, uh, yep. I would, yeah, I would have to say they're relatively close. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's both, pretty cool. Both amazing fish. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what about the places you chase them and the flies you use? That like uh, it's very similar to what you experienced. Um, because you came over and fished with Dave, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's a cracker of a time. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. It's um, we'd like to get your um Yelp review on Dave shortly. That'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> but um. And and to listeners, we know Dave's listening. He's right there. But uh, the, um, anyway, uh, but you know the places you chase the snook and stuff like uh, up up you know what, what you did in Hinchinbrook with Dave compared to what you've experienced over there. Um, would you say that's comparable as well? Um, uh, no, quite a bit different as far as as far as the the. Places you would find them. Um, I guess. I guess Hinchinbrook could be could be similar in some ways to let's say like the Everglades, mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in some ways. But uh, it. Uh, but it, I don't know. De- definitely yeah. different. Definitely. Yeah, different. I'm, I'm. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. It's it, the two very different environments um, and yeah. two very different. Well relatively different species you know to make comparisons i knew knew it'd be difficult just want to get your thoughts on it you know like um Mm. no comments are fair enough for a reply as well in this situation you know Mm. yeah so no that's cool um well did you sorry Voss, were you about to say something did i just talk over the top of you i was gonna lead in with um with my nervous laughter signal i wanted to talk um uh, (laughs) well done (laughs) yeah uh just in terms of flat species you know um um i I felt like we'd reached the end of of snook but um yeah we have uh, cool good yeah do you get permit that far up north mate or do they stop um so yes and no so uh permit we we do have permit but they stay offshore Uh um they they hang on the the bigger wrecks and bigger bigger structures um uh, relatively far offshore uh, let's say like 30 plus miles wow yeah um 
so you no 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 chasing the perms on the flats. Um, uh, that uh, that that's more of a, a south South Florida South Florida thing. Mm. Uh, as far as being uh, regular occurrence, seeing them in shallow water. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Mm. Mm. What's the um, what's the temperature variance like? I mean, what's the max water temperature you'd get where you are compared to the Keys? Um, so, uh, our water temperatures, um, it, it's a pretty, pretty wide, pretty wide range, uh, from, from summer to winter. Uh, mm. uh, I, I couldn't, couldn't tell you in Celsius, but that's right. Uh, I'll do that. I've got the converter ready to go. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Um, so let's say in our hottest summer months, uh, the water temperature, um, in like a, in a, in a, in a base system where there's not a lot of flow could get as high as about 90, 90 degrees. That's 32 80. degrees Celsius people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 85, 90 degrees. And then in the winter time, um, as cold as 55 degrees or something like that. 12 degrees. That's a huge range, huge variance in temperature. It, it is it is huge it yeah. is huge so as far as our like air temperatures that's even that's even that's even bigger uh oh, so wow. a regular summer month day uh with let's say a 10 mile an hour breeze it would be 90 95 90 to 95 degrees yeah. 35 degrees uh, celsius and then uh, in our winter months um in at daylight thir 32 32 degrees uh, if not a oh, little bit zero higher. degrees that's that's, yep. that's right on freezing yeah right yeah and some some mornings below below freezing on the on the coast uh oh, wow. to 25 25 degrees would be a real 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 cold morning Gross. so so with that sort of temperature variance in the water, like, do you, do you, what, what's the resident species there? I'd imagine there'd be a lot of migratory sort of behavior there in that sort of variance, right? Well, very, very much so. So our, our, all of our tarpon are, are, as a rule, the big numbers are all migratory fish. Mm. Um, all, all migratory. Uh, but yeah, the, the species that, that hang around would be, would, yeah be re relatively smaller fish and then our offshore fish would would stick around um but yeah, yeah it gets it gets cold do it you gets get cold and it gets so you got me keep going gets cold and what it, yeah it gets it gets extremely hot it's okay. a very a very wide range of of temperatures here are you looking with your tarpon fishery to go back to this again um you know, uh, picking off singles for the majority of the time, like laid up singles or cruising singles or small uh, schools or, or larger schools even? Uh, it, it, it all depends on, um, it all depends. There's, uh, there's a lot of days where it's just, just singles, doubles, um, uh, migrating. And then there's, there are some days when, when all the stars are aligned and the weather's right and they're moving that, from small schools of 
eight or 10 to a big school could be as many as 30, 40. That'd be pretty uh, cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and a, just a big stretched out string coming down, coming down the flat for seeing them from a long ways away. Yeah, right. No mistaken. They look like do- a school of dolphins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And they, they, <laughs> they're usually when they're in that kind of numbers, they're pushing water just like a dolphin would push. <laughs> do you, do you uh, what's what's uh, what's the popularity of of worm flies there? We know I know they're super popular in the keys and people are fishing whether there's a hatch or not. But uh, what what's uh, how effective is it where you are? Um. So I I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I've, I've never never used one up here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure with with anything you you could catch one up here on it, yep. but it, uh, it it yeah just uh, I yeah we we don't we don't have that uh, the the palola worm the it doesn't it doesn't hatch up here from okay. from my from my knowledge. Yeah. So you'd probably be yeah. you'd, you'd probably be confusing tarpon. You know, it, what's it, that it, doing here? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, what what are the popular tarpon flies that you guys use? Uh, so, what what I would use on a day to day would be something similar to like a like a toad or something like that. Like um, your dad, your dad's toad or the Merriman's toad? Um, both. Yeah. Both. Um, yeah. Some something with marabou and um, I'm very much a, a lazy fly tire. Um, uh, I like to, and a, a simple fly tire. Mm-hmm. I like to use things that are, uh, simple and that work well. Mm-hmm. So something like a piece of marabou on the back and then EP brush on the front mm-hmm. or, uh, EP fibers into a toad head or some, mm. something similar to that, or, or even a piece of rabbit on the back. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. Don't use um, baitfish patterns or anything bigger, but, like uh, I, I, I do, yep. I do, um, but I tend to, as far as bigger patterns, I tend to use rabbit because mm-hmm. you can cut that in the various lengths, um, like like bunnies yeah, or, or I, mouse flies or something like that, or uh, yeah, no, no mouse flies, but. Yep. Uh, as as big as a mouse fly, I've, yeah. I've I've been known to use something of that uh, that size. Yep. Should probably point but, uh, out to people listening. It doesn't mean an actual mouse you'd fish for bass. It's it's a tarpon mouse. It looks like a a, a deer hair slider sort of thing, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I know there'll be people spinning out going, "You're catching tarpon on on, on something <laughs> with ears and a tail and legs." Yeah. <laughs> that'd, that'd be pretty I'm fun sure though. It'd work in somewhere. Yeah. In certain areas. Yeah, oh, that that's really interesting, and uh, and and is that because? Do you think that's because they're um, um, well, obviously, I mean, are they are they are they migrating around there following food or like a mullet schools or, or something like that? Or um, so our biggest source of bait here would be, uh, um, they're called by various names, but a manhaden. Um, oh, yep. Yep. which be like a really big pilchard. Um, uh-huh. People call them L-wise. Some people call them flatbacks. Some people, uh, yeah. There's so many different names for them. Pretty oily. But, uh, too. A, a manhaden. A manhaden. Yep. This would be the the best best 
name for for people to yeah know them yep. by. They're, they're pretty they're pretty oily, right? The the fish love them. Ex- like. Extremely yeah. oily, extremely oily. Like like I one one of the hosts here who is not me is also really oily. But um, that's a really interesting fact for the for the listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just to let you know, Luke, Volty's just got a really <laughs> thick, thick pelt of uh, hair that covers him, like not unlike a Sasquatch, you know. So it's um, yeah, it's yep, just yep, uh, yep. it's just something that um, listeners like to hear about a lot. I'm, I've we've had we've had polls that we've asked people what they like to hear about the most on the show, and just regular updates about Volty's pelt. It seems to be coming up a lot. So yeah. there you go, folks. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's it gets rubbed a lot, you know. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the human manhaden. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah no that's uh that's really interesting um yeah i'm guessing i'm guessing you don't get bonefish up there then with those temp- with those temperatures right mm, no too too cold too yeah. cold yeah too yeah cold. yeah nice what uh what about the redfish what are they uh what, what are you what are you fishing with those just shrimps and crabs things just the usual stuff that we see redfish caught on yes yes shrimp crab patterns uh bait fish patterns they're uh Depends on where, where you're fishing for them, the, the color of the water you can, uh, in the darker water, you can get, get away with a lot. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the size of the fly, how dark the fly is, um, how ugly the fly is. But, uh, yeah, it, um, it, it varies. You can, you can be throwing big flies at them with heavy weights to throwing very small flies, very, yeah, mm. light colored and very, very small. Are they big, okay. fish, big fish up there, like compared to say Louisiana fish? Or, um, so yeah, no, we we get the big ones. We get the big ones, not as many as they do, because uh-huh. uh, that's just a bigger bigger body of water. Um, yeah, that Mississippi uh, uh, River is uh, something something special. Mm. Uh, as far as what what happens over there, as far as uh, just everything seems to congregate towards it. Everything, yeah, yeah. offshore fish, inshore fish, bait, everything. Um, it's a huge yeah. system, and right? What's that? Mississippi is just a huge system. It's it is huge. It's it's yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, yes, we do get the big ones. Um, the twenty twenty five pounders, as big as thirty pounders. Um, they tend to stay a little bit, a little bit deeper. Um, they don't, they don't come in extremely shallow, but um, on rare occasions you can can find them uh, mm. in tight. But, um, but yeah. It, uh, you... Sorry, man. I didn't mean to talk over the top of you. Apologize. Yeah. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. I was ahead. I was interested to know that if you get um, those. Um, Topwater bites you see videos of. I, I I really haven't paid attention to whereabouts in the United States that is, but you know you're seeing those those bulls uh, bulls on top like that video, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 pretty sure I'm I'm familiar what what video you're talking about, but I've I've never done that in uh, in this area. Um, I have done it in Louisiana. Um, it, I'm sure that it it could work in certain scenarios, but I I, I haven't done that here. Yeah, I go, done. gotcha. Yeah, 
Man, you, you, like looking at the map, like, I mean, you're in a, a really unique area. It's like a real crossover of species. Like everything seems to cross over between in that sort of area, right? Like as far as temperature goes and, uh, mm. you know, the species that you get, um, you know, is, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, you don't get bonefish, I suppose. That's probably the only thing that's not really crossing over there. But the permit, you said, stayed deep. deep but the, mm. um, you know, the redfish and the, oh, yeah, well, the snooker seem to be really close to you, but just don't sort of make their way there commonly, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're close, and mm. yeah, like I was saying, I think in in the years to come, they're they're going to steady push farther farther north, um, and be able to to survive our our harsh winters. But yeah, there's a bunch of bunch of different other other game fish that we would get that would would migrate migrate through here uh big jack crevals um that would be another another game game well i guess i guess you could consider them game species how, uh, big, awesome. how big are you getting the, the jacks over there uh we we they're pretty large um uh, a good one would be like 20 pounds yep, uh, yep. Uh, maybe as high as 25 30 pounds I've, uh, I've heard that they're the strongest of the jacks the crevals they reckon that those things pull like a fly tire oh my <laughs> god they're 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 <laughs> they're uh they're underrated as far as uh, a game fish as far as how hard they pull and how explosive they are as far as their bites their runs their just sheer power um yeah yep. they're 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 awesome they're mm. uh I wouldn't say they're one of my favorites, but they're one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I mean they—they, they, I mean you mentioned it earlier, but like the the overall consensus is like again, Stanley outside looking in, that people in the uh, United States consider Jack Creval sort of like a um, a shit fish. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. and I, it puzzles me. You know, I mean they they they're they're yeah, they look great. They look they look like they go super hard. They look like they they're happy to eat. Do you find them in skinny water too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, along along the beaches, uh, along the beaches, and in big schools, you can you can throw flies at them. You can throw topwater flies, mm. um, and yeah, they're awesome. And, and as far as as far as depth, yeah, you can find them in uh, um, three feet of water, two feet yeah. of water, four feet of water. Yeah. Uh -huh. Hey, yeah. Um, Luke, I've got a, a question about a couple other game fish that intrigue me. Um, mm. Do you guys get the black drum over there? Yes, yes. There, there's good, good population of, uh, of black drum here. Um, I don't, I don't tend to target them very often, but uh, you know the po population is good, and and the yeah, it's uh, the times that I have targeted them, it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a uh, lot of. Uh, on a, on a good day, you can have a lot of shots. Yeah, a lot of shots at, at tail, tailing, tailing fish, fish that are swimming right on the surface, shallow water. Yeah, they're big and they're ugly and they stink, right? Like uh, all, all of that, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and uh, more. <laughs> and they eat crab flies too. Those things, you know, they did where I chased them. But yeah, um. The other fish that's interesting, we, we might have a bit of a parallel with, with an Australian fish, is you guys call them sheepheads or convicts? 
Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. We do. We do fish for the the convict fish uh, around here. Um, yep. Yes. Uh, they're uh, they're very very uh, interesting looking as far as uh, a fish with the what I what I call the human teeth. They, yeah. They have human teeth. They, they look like a very teeth, cool right? fish. I'm sorry, Vols. You go again, mate. Apologize talking over you. Luke, they're very long. They're they're an old fish, right? They they take uh, they grow slowly and they can live a long time. Um, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to answer that that question truthfully. Uh, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I've never never researched that. I don't I don't know their their yeah. their their lifespan as far as how fast they grow. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to answer that truthfully. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they, they look they look very yeah, like Volti was alluding to right at the beginning. There, there's a there's there's a possible parallel between that and an Australian species that we get over here. But, um, we call it a brim. Um, mm. They look they look incredibly similar, a little bit different dentition, but uh, mm. and they don't have the stripes like that. But um, mm. but I, I believe they're sort of uh, very similar in their behaviour, where mm. they're found, what they eat, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I believe the sheep's head get a little bit bigger though. How big? What's a what's a what's a huge sheep's head? Um, so I've, um, as far as on the flats, uh, you don't tend to see the real, real big ones, but as I've, so spear fishing offshore, I've found them on, on wrecks and I have a few, few friends that, that, uh, spear fish commercially and they have shot some absolute monsters, um, as big as, uh, 15 pounds. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm. I believe um don't 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 hold me to this but uh one of my commercial spear fishing buddies I think he shot an eight, 18 19 pounder or something like that. Wow. Fuck you know. So they they do get very large. Very large. They keep the stripes at that size? Yes. Yeah, the their their stripes are usually when they get that big they they seem to dull out a little mm -hmm. bit. They blend together a lot more. But uh, as far as the the inshore inshore fish, um, uh, a big one would be uh, about four pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe five. Maybe five. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. That's that's still that's a lot. That's that's considerably bigger than than what brim get over here. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I think. Yeah. Um, I think a two pound brim would be probably make the paper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be slap, slapping hands with your uh, with your mates. Oh hell yeah, yeah. You'd be, <laughs> and be be right back on your old blades, taken off after that, I reckon. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. Look, they, I mean, they they're um, brim over here. Uh, polarized people, people take them incredibly seriously. You know, spend huge money on boats and gear to chase them. There's mm. big tournaments for them and stuff like that as well. Mm. They're quite challenging. Um, like what Bolty was, Bolty was probably getting at as far as the lifespan of the sheep's head, the brim over here, like they could be a 30 year old fish, you know, to be a pound and a half or something like that. You know, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're old, they've seen a lot of shit, then they're smart and, um, they can be challenging, but they're still a pound and a half fish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and on a side note, people who take them seriously are really fun to tease because they take it seriously. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually some probably considered to be better sport than actually catching brim to some people. <laughs> you know the largemouth bass circuit. Well, mm. in, in Australia, yeah. we got we got a similar, but for catching brim, you know, there's people with you know eighty and a hundred thousand dollar skeeters and and bass boats, you know, fitted out for catching brim, you know. Um, oh my god! And then, <laughs> to be cool. fair, to be fair, they're very good at it. But like Chris alluded to, I just like teasing them, you know, like. Yeah. You know, if there was a TV show called The Smallest Loser, you know, to be like yeah. oh, the big loser, <laughs> that'd be grim fishing, you know. But mm, it, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I like ch- I, I like chasing them, but um, I just don't like to tell my friends, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's some fish over here that I I do do the same. <laughs> I chase them, but I do not tell people that I actually <laughs> chase. <laughs> We call them scooter fish, you know, like, uh, yeah. yeah, like a scooter's yeah. fun to ride until your friends find out, you know? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only do it in the, in the company of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the, hey. uh, the freshwater pond fishing like over there, man? Like, is there, is there sort of like some hit and giggle type fishing over there, like panfish or cichlids and shit like that? Or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we definitely got uh, a healthy population of, of, sunfish panfish cichlids um i've i've done my share of it um and uh i I do enjoy it but i don't do it often Uh i don't but um yeah our, our bass and panfish and 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 certain ponds and and river systems can be can be pretty pretty good over here Mm. pretty good yeah yeah i would probably add to your comments and go you've got tarpon why would you be digging around exactly for at least during 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 the warmer months exactly yeah yeah when when you have the most sought after game fish or one one of the most sought after game fish in the world yeah why would you be chasing Peasant fish. <laughs> 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 it's like you can people eat at the st- king's table, or you can eat with the peasants. I'm gonna go eat at the king's table. Yeah, well, I think you could make that comparison. Australia is like when people who live in Queensland who've got barramundi go south to catch trout. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Yeah. You've been part of more low hanging fruit for us there. Trout fishermen are also fun to tease. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something about those plastic pants that make them really high strung. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, uh, Luke, I feel like that's probably a good point to wrap up on. You know, like we've, we've descended to trout fishing and brim fishing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've um, really shown our belly here with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah, you go, Chris. I was going to say, do you have a website, Luke, that people can go to? Or how can they get hold of you if they wanted to? Um, I mean, I don't know if you're, like, really, really busy or you're still taking bookings or what have you, but um, if someone to reach out for any information, how would they get hold of you? So as far as getting a hold of me, it, I am still living in the Stone Age, I guess you could say, very uh, uh, as 
other than social media and my personal cell phone i don't i do not i i, I don't have a website um i'm very yeah very what would be the right right term low low key flying under the radar yeah lo-fi um, yeah. yeah yeah um what about social media then like can we point people in that direction or not Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So pers my personal name on, uh, on Facebook, Luke Spear. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what, what, uh, what picture is going to come up on it. Probably, probably some kind of tarpon picture. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Instagram, which I do, I do not use, uh, I don't use often. Um, I very, very bad about posting new stuff. Um, but that would, that would come up as, uh, all right, don't laugh, but, uh, LS Snook Dog. Snook Dog. <laughs> oh, for shizzle, my nizzle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play, play on, play on words, play on words. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the definitely. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to follow me. Uh, but, uh, it, it's not and, a bad play. Like Snoop's got a real good footprint here in Australia. He's, he's, yeah. uh, is is known very affectionately amongst you know multiple uh, uh you know groups of um of uh what's the word i'm looking here everyone knows snoop and everyone loves him you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah he uh he definitely uh is a character <laughs> and he, he he spits uh some mean bars i guess you could say oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right luke man we'll um We'll uh we'll let you get out of here, dude. And uh, want to say thank you, he's for the time, and also want to uh, thank you for um an intro song you made for us some time ago. Um, I don't know if you heard us give it a run, but um, yeah, I can't even remember what episode it was. We've been we've been um ruining people's time on podcasts for a few years now. Um, but it would be summer in the middle there for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. It was uh it was a it was a pleasure talking with you guys, and uh, yeah, yeah, big 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 fan. Oh, thanks thanks oh, mate, there's there's no room for lies on this show mate come on you know. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean well no, no, a bit all serious tonight um thank thank you for making the time and want to give a big shout out to dave which we know we know he's there but um are you there dave no yep thanks thanks dave really appreciate you organizing this man yeah pleasure boys yeah thanks dave um Look, we're, we're unfortunately we're running out of time for the Yelp review about Dave's guiding with you, Luke. But um, some Ooh. other time. Yes. Yeah. Let's let let's do it again. Yeah. What? What's that, mate? Another day. Another day. Another day, mate. We're looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. All right. So coming soon. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's let's put a ribbon on this and uh, and thanks again, Luke. Right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Welcome back, folks, to the uh, fast-sinking line, the back end of the show, the bits where all the nuts and bolts get put back together and we cap recap what happened like you didn't listen to it in the first place. <laughs> um, Let's insult yeah. people's intelligence, Volts. What, what did we just listen to? 
Luke Spear, man. Holy shit. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to Luke. And for me, one of the one of the hallmarks of a of a good potty is you, you look down and you go, holy shit. You know, there goes you know an hour plus. Uh, that went fast. Um, yeah, I agree. It was yeah. easy. Yeah, and it you know didn't drag. It we just had some great flow. I learned a lot about um, about Luke. I learned a lot a lot about Harry. I learned you know a fair bit about Florida as well. Uh, you know, a different part of Florida that you know I haven't been fortunate enough to travel to. I definitely want to get up there. That um, that style of um, you know the Panhandle tarpon up there sounds like a whole lot of fun, eh? We don't hear a lot about that in Australia, right? Eh? Like it's we 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 when people talk tarpon in Australia, obviously Florida is the the, the forefront of the mind. And when you think um, Florida, it's easy to think Florida Keys, and the rest of it is just you know irrelevant, you know because. Yeah, that's where a lot of the bids are made. It's like where the like you know the the big names are made, and it's yeah. um, uh, and that's where the it's uh, the sport got made really at the end of the day, right? I mean, for, uh, it always came back to it or, or around those areas or, or what have you. But up in the Panhandle, like it's it's not. Re- I mean, the, I think people would be surprised to hear Luke talk about how epic it is. Um, I mean, is it? I mean, is it pretty common knowledge to to talk about some of those videos that got made around there that were baffling people as to where the fuck they were? <laughs> well, we didn't bring it up on the podcast, probably out of you know, maybe out of respect, or maybe it just didn't come up. But yeah, there's been some, um, you know, well, apparently that location X, everyone, you know, might be the one you're alluding to. I was. Um, yeah, that uh, you know, a lot of people were going, "Where is this location X?" But uh, the you know, the good the good uh, oil is that it was was up that way somewhere um mm. not, not that it matters that's not the point of it um no but, but it, it's just that it's, yeah. the area is not highlighted well to the point where they could make a a huge film about it and yeah. and and conceal its identity because of how little po- how little popularity it had to those people who aren't in the know yeah yeah you know it when when luke was describing how how it was, uh, you know, the, the style of tarpon fishing there and, and also the flies and, and you know, the watercolour and that. That that was where my mind went. And, um, you know, there was certainly, you know, the, you know, huge fish doing doing tarpon things. Is, um, you know, that's that's what we all want to do. <laughs> you know, it, it goes without saying if, if, if tarpon fishing is, you know, should be on your, on your bucket list. Uh, you know, and as an as an Aussie and, and the people who have done it, or the, and the, and the uh, our listeners who are fortunate to do it regularly, they know exactly what's going on there. So mm. that's uh, that's where you want to be over there doing that. That's what, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's a bucket list item, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canoth, mate. Well, it was interesting, mate. It was interesting to learn about about the boats, the designs. Like, uh, you know, like I would imagine it'd be it'd be rare these days to have a, a boat builder that's making their own plugs and uh, and then consequently molds from there and and then um, and then pre- pre- yeah, uh, manufacturing or producing uh, a fine skiff like the uh, like Spear Boatworks skiff. Yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know the the workmanship that goes into some of those uh, US US skiffs is is incredible. Eh? It really is. It's uh, uh, and and as we mentioned on the show there, like it's it's gaining a lot of popularity in in, in Australia. That's for sure. But um, who knows, mate? It seems to be it seems to be you don't seem to get a lot of or any Australian boat builders that have sort of latched on to it in, to it a great deal, I guess. But um, surprisingly, I suppose. But yeah, oh well. 
Yeah, yeah. That's um, it was interesting to talk to him. You know, to hear about the the, I say the small scale of their staff. Like if, you know, that allows them to adapt to changes in the market really quickly. You know, new trends, new technologies, and stuff like that. Uh, so I thought that that was a that was a good take home point. You know, that I, I hadn't really considered until spoke to Luke. Um, it became apparent when we were talking to him. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, a lot of inertia that comes with a larger production line that, you know, takes could take a while to, you know, for example, respond to smaller or lighter batteries or, you know, more powerful, uh, lighter, more compact motors or stuff like that, you know. So, mm. yeah, um, you know, for, for people who are, who are, you know, looking at these smaller uh you know manufacturers with great pedigree that's one, one of the benefits of it mm. Mm. yeah absolutely mate i mean that yeah exactly anything that's um small scale and niche it's going to be um probably better than than big box items i'd imagine yeah that's the word yeah <laughs> yeah well well, it's, well, well, it's, well i think we've done it again mate and um and to the listeners again apologize for the uh for the buy the buy week there um I gotta be careful how I word that with some of our listeners, hey. But um, yeah, uh, we we took that week off, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yep, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, but we're, we're back. back. We're back, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up. See how it in, goes. Yeah. In saying that we're back, we're gonna go. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's put a ribbon on it. Let's piss yeah. off. See ya. Guys.